you, you know how it is. Like once a secret starts, getting out of that hole that you bury yourself into, that's like the scariest thing in the world. You carry this thing around for 15 years. You're not living your life. And then you let it go and you have like four or five more years of, okay, it's out in the world. Who am I now? Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. When I first started my recovery 11 years ago, I struggled through the textbook-like material on the subject. I wanted to make the addiction and the recovery from it accessible and relatable to more people by telling it in an entertaining way. Well, I'm super excited to announce I've released my first book, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. If I can help just one person find a solution or at least realize they're not broken or alone, then writing this has been worth it. You can pick up the book exclusively at Amazon or signed copy at secretlifenovel.com. And the best way to support our podcast is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or rating on Apple Podcasts yet, please do. It'll help more people find our show. And if you want to be a guest, shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about those deep, dark secrets that they're in the pit of your stomach and you kind of want to take to your grave or those silly, really embarrassing ones you just don't want to tell anybody. You know, the things we hide from ourselves and others. The how, the what, the when, the where, the why of it all. So my guest today is Amber. Now, Amber, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? (laughs) Well, it's funny you say uh, things that we don't want to take to the grave or that we do want to take to the grave. Um, It brings up something that I, I made a promise to myself that like, six years old that I would never take this to the grave. Um, So I'm excited to talk about it. Thank you. That means a lot. I'm really (laughs) glad you're here today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, Well, that secret, I was, I was, I think I was six or seven years old and I was really, really young. So I don't know exactly when it happened, but I was molested by my father at that age. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, you know, being super young like that, uh, you're not fully developed and all that stuff. So I like didn't really know what happened. But even at that age, I was like, I'm going to have to tell someone at some point. And it wasn't until like, I want to say 15 years later when I told people, my close family, my, my mom and my sisters. And so that just had like all these different domino effects on my life and my upbringing um, and just like formative years of my life, I want to say. How did that, I mean, I don't want to touch on the actual act, but do you remember it? I was also molested and I did, I don't remember it. I remember all, this is all I remember, just so you know. I remember like looking up at the sky and just could see leaves. Like I can't remember what happened. So is that the same experience for you? Yeah, it's so crazy you say it like that because it's true. You sometimes kind of like doubt whether like the memory of it is so fuzzy, but I do have a memory of it. It's so vague. 
And sometimes I like catch myself like doubting. Really like, did that really happen? Did that really happen to me? Do you know that one in three girls are molested? Like that's crazy to me. Something is really wrong when that is the statistic that we're dealing with. Yeah. And I have, you know, throughout the years, that was like 20 years ago, I want to say. And throughout the years, like I've definitely looked up the information um and it's it's insane because most of the incidents uh do happen at home and like with people that women know so how was that moment 15 years later telling your mom and your sisters how did that go it was insane it was during an argument like one of the biggest arguments of my life so it just came out out of anger you know it was one of those things that kind of like build and build and build and build over the years. And so it just got to a tipping point at that specific moment. And it wasn't until like two weeks ago where it like actually came up again. And uh, we actually talked about it. Like it came up in the moment and no one, like it didn't, nothing ever came out of it. Like no conversations or anything. And then like two weeks ago, um, there was another argument and we just started talking about it a little bit. And how did that go, if you don't mind me asking? With my sister, it was really cathartic. Um, she's my older sister. And it was good to know that she she was curious, but also respectful. And she respect, like, my right now, my dad is kind of out of the picture. So she respected, mm-hmm. like, my decision not to call him on Father's Day, you know, stuff like that, which when you carry a secret for so long, it's kind of like cathartic to just have someone be like, yeah, I get where you're coming from. I totally respect that. And you have every right to make those decisions for yourself. Yeah, it's a it's it's cathartic, but it's the, probably one of the scariest things ever to. And then especially if you mentioned it the first time and nothing was happened, but then to have that second time with your sister and she actually saw you, saw your truth, where yeah. it's like, oh, I'm seen and someone's listening to me. So you're, yeah. you don't have a relationship with your father right now is what you just said, correct? Not really. He calls on my birthday and things like that, but not really. You know, I I would probably be doing the same thing if I were you. But how did it go with your mom? I love my mom. (laughs) That you can love your mom. She gave you birth, but she is also human and she is also flawed. So she is allowed to have her flaws. But how did it go? So like, you know, a lot of people have the protective side where they were like, well, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you do something about it? Why this? Why that? So I understand like having that kind of reaction. And that was the reaction my mom had. So it was like really hard to explain. Uh, I was barely a human. Like I was six years old, seven years old. Um, there's no like handbook that give, that's been given to like girls that age or anyone that age, girls, boys, whatever, uh, on what to do. And like, you know how it is. Like once a secret starts, getting out of that hole that you bury yourself into, it's like the scariest thing in the world. You have no idea what outcome could come out of it. Yeah, because I didn't tell anyone also for 15 years. And my response when I told someone, they said the same thing. Why didn't you tell me? And then the second thing that was said was, there's nothing I can do about it now. It's been too long. And it, it actually crushed me. 
Right. Not that I wanted that person to then like go and hurt the one that hurt me, but there's something about that, that it just stung. It was like, oh, cause I kept, I was, per- you know, like, it's just, I can't even have words for it is making me uncomfortable right now talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Cause you know, you tell someone you love and of course the reaction is to like want to do something to fix it. But the fact that they can't go back and fix the past, I guess, is like kind of a roadblock for some people where like someone who shares a deep secret like that, they don't necessarily want anyone to fix anything. Like you probably didn't want that person to fix the past, but having support for the future and like for the present, I feel like that's where you get the support that you need. That's where you get the healing from sharing something that's been crushing you for 15 years. Like that's a big part of who you are at this point. Yeah. It's, and it definitely affects everything you do. Everything. It's, it's like layered underneath. So where do you think this secret that you held for 15 years, where do you think it affected you throughout your life? I think it affected me on levels I don't even know. So I like, I didn't really know which secret to share with you um, <laughs> because I feel like there's so many like dominoes. Like <laughs> I read people can hold up to 13 secrets at one time. So yeah, if you got I, another one, <laughs> spill it because we're here. <laughs> I mean, the, the, yeah, I, okay. So I will spill it. The crazy thing about having something so monumentally traumatic at such a young age is that like, you don't know the answers. So this could be a cause and effect thing. It could not, but I guess my big, big secret underlying secret above all of these other ones is like, was this causation? Was it correlation or was it nothing? So I, I am not straight. I am super queer. And I always have been for as long as I can remember. But the problem is like, I don't remember things before six years old, seven years old. Like, who knows what effects this had on me? So like growing up as a queer kid, I was super depressed, super anxious. Um, I barely have any memories from my childhood. So like now as an adult, I'm 27, I'm about to be 28. I'm like, piecing it together. And I guess my biggest secret is like, I had this experience. I feel fine talking about it. And, you know, I've gone to therapy and all that. But like, how do you like, how do you know, like, you don't. And I I do carry my queerness as a secret because of my family and like their beliefs and their views on life. And so yeah, I've let go of this six year old experience, but I'm still carrying this thing that who knows where it came from. So you're thinking maybe there's this voice in the back of your head that you're thinking that your queerness is tied to the molestation. Like if that didn't happen, that you wouldn't be queer. Is that how you feel inside? Yeah. Yeah. And that's my big, I think that is something I've never expressed before because like even to my therapist, because it's just such a crazy, if my best friends told me this, I'd be like, no, you're not like nothing can cause it's not like something you can catch I feel like I've been fighting for LGBTQ right for over seven years at this point like I educate myself every single day all my friends and my community like everyone is queer and we have important conversations and like of course I know logically I know it's not something that you like can catch or like from an experience like I know this it's, is not crazy. <laughs> it's not a cold it's not a cold like people are bored like it's not a choice I never chose to be this way I know like I know logically 
deep down, like deep, deep down, there's this thing like I I can't shake it. Um, trying to for sure. Like, and what what's kind of crazy is that like I'm just now starting to live my life. You know, like you carry this thing around for 15 years, you're not living your life, and then you let it go, and you have four or five more years of okay, it's out in the world. Who am I now? You're not really living your life then either. Like, it's crazy, but. 20 years later, now I'm just kind of like becoming who I am, like a person in the world. And that's something I think like is hard to understand if you've never been through something like that. And I wish I could just say to the world, like, I know I'm crazy, but give me a break. Like I'm just now starting to become a human being. (laughs) No, I mean, I've done so much research for myself and for others that when you're molested and your sexuality is taken at such a young age that that's when you stop developing mentally so once you get out that truth you you have to like grow up because we're stunted so it everything you're saying makes sense to me now at 27 going into 28 that you're trying you're starting to live your life but your truth is is that you like women who in your, does your family know now or anybody know, or is it still just you're holding it by yourself? My sisters know because I did have a long relationship with a woman when I was like 21, this was like years ago. Mm-hmm. I was 20 actually. And like, I think sexuality in general is like very, very, very complicated for me. And I love that I get to talk to you about it. Tell me why you think your sexuality, I already know it's complicated, but for you, what do you think? I think for me, I mean, it's so rare to feel attracted to someone that like, I don't have the answers. Like, yeah, I've been attracted to a woman before. I've been attracted to a man before. And to me, it has nothing to do with gender. And so there's, there's one term that I've ever felt kind of connected to besides queer, and that's demisexual which means if you've never heard of it to everyone listening. Yes, please (laughs) explain it to me. I love learning new things. What does that mean? So asexuality is an umbrella. Um, Demisexual is under that umbrella because it means that you don't experience a sexual attraction to anyone until you have a deep emotional attraction first. So a lot of people within even the LGBTQ community kind of like don't really understand that. And kind of like call it fake or something like it's a very isolating experience. And even having most of my friends and building a big community of LGBTQ people, um, I still don't feel like I, I I feel completely isolated from the world. Like I can't relate to anything on TV. I can't relate to songs I love. I can't relate to like media and just like normal conversations that people have because I have never had like like I've had the one relationship I'm still in true queer form best friends with that person (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah it's it's also it puts me in a weird position where like I don't know if it's worth it to tell my family like my mom because I don't know what the future holds for me you know like I could find a man I could find a woman I don't know so and it's okay. You don't have to know right now. You're only 27 years old. You do not have to know right now. But my question for you, and you said something that I want to hit back on, is you don't feel a sexual attraction 
doesn't matter what gender, until you're emotionally connected to them. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So once you, so that takes a while, right? So you're definitely not sexual right away. You're not. Mm -hmm. So how long does that normally take? I, I don't know. (laughs) I've had one relationship and that's it. So. Well, how long um, did that one take? Before anything happened between us, it was like seven or eight months. Gotcha. So for me, I'm the total opposite. If I'm emotionally connected to you, I don't want to do anything sexual. Like it's too intimate for me. So it's funny how you went one way after your molestation and I went a totally different way. So we're all so different. So I have some questions for you. They have to do with the seven deadly sins. And I'm not talking the religious sense. I'm talking about that I feel like these sins, all human beings hold parts of them inside. So I'm going to name them for you. Which ones ring true and why? So here they go. We got pride, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, anger, and sloth. I guess anger ties into my situation the most. Okay. And and why? I think it's it's like having the doubts about how my family would react if I were my authentic self at home. Mm. Um, it brings in a long-term sense of anger, you know, like and mistrust. Yeah, I would say that would be really hard to not be able to be your authentic self with the family union you grew up with. Yeah. So I could see why that creates a lot of anger and frustration. It's like very deep inside. And uh, it took like months and months of therapy for my therapist to be like, you know, I think you're angry with your mom. And I'd be like, what? No, I love my mom. <laughs> She's saying it with a smile right now. Is that how you said it to when you're angry, you smile and giggle? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She calls me out on it all the time. <laughs> She's like, you know, you're talking about something really dark and you're smiling. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like when youth is taken from you, then on top of you can't live your truth, that has to boil you inside unknowingly or knowingly. Yeah, absolutely did. And that's why I was really excited to talk to you too, because like, we're complete opposites of the outcome, I guess. And yeah, we have so much in common with our life experience, because here we are now both understanding, like, it takes years and years of growth and learning and coping and accepting to even let out the secret. And that's just the first step. And then you can begin to be like your real authentic self. Yeah. And and to heal. Because for me, I was so angry. I would I would yell at drivers on the highway. My my therapist would be like, that's actually abusing other drivers. Like you can't yell at them. And I'm like, but they didn't hear me. And you're, you're putting that energy. So I got schooled how much anger I was carrying around. Now, I do want to say, I think that's a good one. Is there any more the pride, the greed, the lust, the gluttony, the envy or the sloth? I guess I'm also very envious of people that get to just be who they are. Mm. You know, a whole world that like I said, I can't, I can't relate to anyone. I can't relate to anything. I'm very isolated all the time. And I'm so envious of like, you know, you watch shows like Love is Blind and most people are like, 
really entertained by it. But I just get like so envious. Like it must be so easy to just get engaged to someone after a few days where for me, it's like, oh God, it's going to take years and years. No, no, I have to disagree. I think that's crazy. I think getting married that and engaged... I am not a fan of that show. I think it lives all in fantasy because I feel like it takes a really long time to get to know someone before you should commit to them. So I'm just saying my two piece about love is blind. I am not a fan, (laughs) but that's okay. So I do want to hit like, who do you think the couple secrets, who did it benefit and who did it harm? Keeping the secret um, probably benefited my family the most as far as like the molestation goes, because, uh, well, I would hope that revealing something like that would break apart a family. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so if I had, if I had revealed it earlier in life, like I think maybe, um, for lack of a better term, shit would have hit the fan a little bit sooner. Um, my parents are divorced. My, my dad is out of the picture, but that did happen later on in life. So I feel like keeping the secret benefited the rest of my family members and now it's it's definitely a burden now that it's out there and it's like we had a conversation about it i can see that it's like it was a burden on them to have to hear about like my pain you know like my sisters if they had revealed something like that i would have definitely had to deal with a lot of pain knowing something so traumatic happened within the home um and it definitely hurt it, it harmed me the most i mean I, I i lost out on so much of my youth I mean, I still, I still am pretty, um, I tell myself every day that I still have so much time and I'm young and all that, but it's definitely like something you have to keep like drilling into your mind because there's like this voice in your head that's like, I'm going to be 28 and it's, I'm like nowhere close to even having autonomy over my own body, like very basic things. And that might be your journey, you know, that might yeah. be your, I feel like every time I talk to someone or for myself, we all have our own life journeys and things we have to heal from. And when we look out and envy or compare and despair to other people and what they have to deal with, it's not fair to us because we're on our own journey, just like they're on their own journey. So maybe that if you look at it, I, this is just hitting me, you can take it or leave it with a grain of salt, but like maybe if you look look at this. I have this written on my my computer. That's why I want to read it. To love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you look at your journey right now is truly loving yourself with all the flaws, all the things you think are wrong with you or you're, you're, you're separated from. I don't know. Because that to me is where I found the most peace within myself is I started loving myself good and bad, right and wrong. Yeah, it's a very long journey to love yourself and accept yourself. And we're so quick to do it with other people. But for some reason, when it comes to our own flaws, at least if I can speak for myself, it's very, very difficult to accept them. But like you said, I completely agree. It's it's my journey. And looking back, I I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change anything. I love all the experiences I've had in my life. And um, yeah, I, this is, this is my, this is my life. This is where I am right now. And it's great. Yeah. She's like getting a little, like her shoulders are like, yeah, this is, she's like, it looks like she's like, like not now like digging yourself, which I love. I'm trying to channel Lizzo right now. Yeah. So here's my last question for you. How do you move forward in the future? 
little acts of love. Um, and I, I keep repeating to myself, um, you don't have to be motivated. You just have to be committed, which is something I definitely learned from therapy. So, uh, you know, the things that you do for yourself, you know, self-care to me is, yeah, there's one side of it where it's face masks and um, exercise. All Buying yourself flowers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. We all love it. And then there's like another side to it where it's like doing the things you least want to do. Like doing the things that you know you need to do but you least like worst nightmare like for me that would be like wearing a bathing suit when I go to the beach like Mm. it's gonna have to happen I'm gonna get there and the world will keep spinning (laughs) yeah we're literally this small we're like little ants on the planet well here I hope you start to live your authentic truth especially with your family are you thinking about talking to your mom about it are you just gonna take it one day at a time I think about it a lot. It's a complicated situation because I know where she stands and I know that she also loves unconditionally. Like I said, she was, she's an amazing person. I love her so much. We're very close. Um, So yeah, I think about it a lot, but I think I, I, right now my decision is to take it one day at a time because for me, it's such a fluid thing that I would probably only do it when like the risk was worth the reward. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. Good. Uh, if you want to be on the show, you can email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. It can be a past secret you've already gone through and on the other side or a present secret you're still holding on to. Until next time. Bye. again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.